As is right in this world. As is your right. Yes. As an American. As an American. As a, as a, as a, a human being. God damn it. You know what else is a human being? What's that? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixlet. My name is Kevin. With me, as always, is Phil. And today we are finishing Halo Outcast. Outcast, Outcasts. Is it plural or singular? I that might be in the other room. Yeah. But yeah, we're we're wrapping it up. Yes, sir. We're gonna we're gonna finish this this book, and it it it's coming. It we're we're coming in for a landing. Yes. Yes. We're coming in many, for a landing. Many people hot. are coming in for a landing, as it turns out. There's a lot of landings, Lots in, of this, landings. in this last third of the book. So uh, <laughs> we're going to get right to it and we're going to put the body in the marsh. We have a pretty extensive uh, discussion coming up right after this uh, in What Are You Playing? Because we're playing what everybody else is playing. We're playing what as, you're playing. Let's we're playing facts. what you're playing as of the recording of this episode. So uh-huh. let's get to it. Let's put the body in the marsh. This ain't reality TV! Do it. Chapter 17. Olympia, Golly, Keeley, and the rest of the gang have been crawling through a drainage pipe for the last 30 minutes and have finally gotten close to the end of the tunnel. Um, Keeley's being just real nasty with Olympia during all this. Um, <laughs> Olympia's like, I gotta get away from her. <laughs> <laughs> So she goes in, she uh, goes ahead, goes on down the tunnel uh, and gets in, uh, gets out of it first to scout things out. And she finds this gigantic hydroponics room with all these plants and fruits and veggies growing. Um, and while she scouts around, the rest of the team comes in. And uh, while when Keely gets in there, Keely and Olympia have a debate as to how they have a mixture of tier five and six tech everywhere else. (laughs) But there is tier one and zero tech only in this building right here. And they go, they ask Petrov, like Petrov, is this anywhere? You, you've been on this planet a long time. Have you seen? And she says, no, there is nowhere else that I have seen on this planet. Only here, only this building. Um, so that's curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they, they, they start diving a little bit deeper and they're like, oh, oh, okay. So they come to the conclusion that the, the building, the Citadel that they're in had to have been created by, they use the term grave mind. Yes. So, and I had to look this up cause I, I wasn't totally sure. So there's a race before the Forerunners called the Precursors. The Precursors are what created the Forerunners. Mm-hmm. The Forerunners then go off and seed all the other life in, in the galaxy or whatever. The Precursors, uh, the Forerunners rebelled against the Precursors. And in an effort to save themselves, the Precursors turned themselves into powder or something. Yeah. Uh, and then they stored themselves, but then it got corrupted and they became the flood. Mm-hmm. And Gravemind is kind of like the master, the mother brain of the flood slash precursors that are left. Yeah. So 
they realize at one time, at one point, Petrov says, um, why couldn't the people who built the Citadel still be in the Citadel? Uh, when, like, might they just have compassion for the Sangheili? And uh, uh, Vale is like, if it's the people that we're thinking of, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I missed my guess, the answer is absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. Because yeah. it might have been the people that eventually became the Flood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we know what friendly little guys they are. So We know what friendly little things well, they just are. Just little you know? friendly guys. A little, little skittering around. Yeah. Just um. Chapter 18, uh, Vad- Vadam wakes up, surrounded by the rest of his crew, minus minus Talit, and he finds out that the gas that the Oath Warden was released was corrupted by Kavarasi, and it wasn't part of the Oath Warden's intent for that to happen. Raashi, who is the Blade Master that turned sides, is still with them, um, shows them, demonstrates how Kavarasi controls the dust and the, the nano machines, um, and also how the armor is f- formed over bare skin. Um, and uh, Vadam also finds out that Talit and his entire unit were killed uh, by the gas that Kavarasi used that basically took from the Oath Warden's spray, corrupted it into like a poisonous gas, and then killed everybody else. Yeah. Um, so that's good. That's good. That's great, yeah. you know? And a way to Just, engender yourself among your among your peers there. That's, yeah. Great. Good job. Good job. Proud of you. Um, Chapter 19. It's a real chapter. 18 is really brief. Um, Chapter 19. uh, First squad takes about 20 minutes to do a full recon of the hydroponic farm that they found. Uh, And they continue on. And Vale tells her troops to look for a fortified location. And Keeley goes, it's not going to be fortified. It's going to be a sacred looking broom. It's going to be like a shrine. Uh, Martinez says that Hoy might have found what Keeley is talking about, and it's a sculpture garden of sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, just like all these random metal pieces just kind of like on pedestals and what have you. Uh, they also note that the mess hall is a mess. Um, yeah. And they're like, these 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 zealots, these uh, castaways might not be very disciplined, and they don't clean up after themselves. I think they just kind of hope that the, the the dust will take care of it. <laughs> clean the plates or whatever. Um, like everything that they find points towards um, these people just being spoiled brat uh, people who just got lucky, really, who just got lucky, happened upon this miracle machine and have been letting themselves get fat and undisciplined while hiding underground, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. Um, as Golly and Olympia investigate the sculpture garden, uh, Olympia taps one of the sculptures and it causes a ringing sound and it just bounces all through the room. And Golly's like, don't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that. Yeah. Did you do that? Was that, yeah. Cause he's like across the room. And he like, he's like, did you do that? Was that you? Was that you? Uh, yeah, that was me. F- fucking don't. Just don't. <laughs> okay. And I, and I love the reaction. It's just like, you know what? Yeah, good call. Thanks. You're Sorry. right. I shouldn't. <laughs> um, as Olympia is investigating a larger sculpture, she realizes that it's part of a guardian uh, that's down there. Uh, they are interrupted in their discussion when Golly says he notices a blue flash. It's an energy sword. 
Um, so Olympia orders Golly back to take Keeley and Commander Petrov to a bolt hole. And uh, Olympia and Sergeant Sahir and the rest of the squad form up. But it doesn't really do a whole lot as uh, the squad just starts getting ripped to shreds. Yeah. <laughs> That's very bad. So, <laughs> it does not go well. The the zealots are basically wearing the this like uh, so the armor that they're wearing is also active camouflaging them. Mm. So you just can't see them. You just you would just see these like these energy blades just like ripping through the air. Um, so Sahir, the sergeant in charge of first squad, gets cut in half by one of the blades. From the shoulder all the way, just like just the top half, boom, bloop. Yeah, just um, real. Uh, you know what it reminded me of? This entire scene reminded me of Predator. Oh yeah, big time, <laughs> big time. The cloaking like, device is Predator just slash. Kills. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was Predator slash aliens. Yeah, it was like the the Colonial Marines all getting chopped up or yep. killed, and but then it was also you know. Um, uh, when uh, Jesse the body Ventura gets killed yeah. in, <laughs> in it's Predator, true. It's true. I was thinking Carl Weathers, but yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Carl, when Carl Weathers gets killed, he yeah. he gets he gets one arm chopped off, and yeah. he's using his he's like w- down one arm and still firing. <laughs> still firing. <laughs> oh, that movie so much. It's it's such a good movie. Oh man. So, yeah, this is a real predator scene in that um, so. that uh, almost everybody dies. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. We lose so many characters. It's in like such a short amount of time. It's like it goes from it goes from there's like Martinez and Hoy and Sahir and Kane and all that stuff. They're yeah. all dead. All dead. It's in a matter of a couple pages, they have been sliced through by energy swords. Yeah, yeah. It, it did make me think of uh, uh, Rubicon Protocol, like where it was just yeah. like everything's fine, everything's fine, tense, and then all of a sudden, not fine. Lose a quarter of our squad. Uh, just crazy, absolutely crazy. And the like, it's not even just like being shot either. It's like being cut in half. Oh yeah, and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, it's graphic stuff. Yeah. Um. So basically, Olympia and two others are trying to fall back. Um. Olympia ends up killing a few of them when she realizes that you can't just shoot them because the armor. The armor stops anything like ballistic. Mm-hmm. You actually just have to like choke them to death because yeah. it doesn't realize that it, the airway is being cut off. Yeah, yeah, any, any, yeah, any sharp, aggressive kind of move like that. But if you slowly close the air if pipe, you sl- yes, it doesn't um, have it can't can't react fast enough. So she she chokes one, snaps the neck of another, um, and then after all that hand to hand combat, it was Olympia and two others. Then it becomes Olympia. And um, uh, a Bovian, uh, mm. who is the, her grenadier, grenadier, yeah, yeah, yeah grenadier. Um, basically, they're the only, they're the two falling back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's them. <laughs> and it's she's, them. There's like, and it's a, there's, it's funny because there's a moment where uh, Olympia fucks up, and a Bovian like uh, tells her like. You fucked it. like you shouldn't have like there was like some bait and switch move where yeah, the guy that was she fell for yeah. that nearly killed a Bovian and the the the, the uh, 
saying Healy Zealot um, like runs away or whatever. But Abovian's like, yeah, you shouldn't have fallen for that. Yeah. And and there's like this little like like uh, Vale starts thinking about how it's like, oh, well, you know, she knows Abovian. Abovian has actually been in more combat situations than, <laughs> than yeah. she has. Despite the fact that Vale is a fucking Spartan, this ODST has actually this seen ODST more combat. Yeah. She's seen grenadier. more combat than her. So she, in, 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 in not in the tr- technical sense, but in the common sense sense, she outranks her. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, so she immediately, yeah, I thought, I thought it was pretty cool. She's like, you know what? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> and that's the second time that Olympia is like, yeah, I fucked up. Yeah. In this chapter. Yep. <laughs> um, so they retreat. Uh, Keely tells them that they're hiding under the guardian's head. Uh, Abovian gets uh, gets in first, then uh, verbally guides Olympia to where uh, uh, she's supposed to go. Uh, and when she gets inside, Golly is on the ground fighting an unseen foe. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's another zealot's mandible, just like one of their his mouth pieces, just yeah, like ripped yeah. off and on the ground. <laughs> um, Olympia breaks the arm of the one that's attacking Golly, but then it headbutts Golly and just knocks him the fuck out. <laughs> Poor Golly. <laughs> And the description is like the headbutt comes down and it like smashes his nose and like his cheeks split on his cheekbones or something like that. So brutal. (laughs) Um, God, it's it's such a brutal. This is just such a brutal chapter. It is. It is. It's just yeah, it's it's unrelenting. We get a lot of like diplomacy and 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 tension building and stuff. And then all of a sudden, Troy just lets us have it. Let's us have it. Uh, vale g- grabs Golly and takes him back to the rotunda and sees that Petrov and Abovian are in position, ready to go. But Keely is missing. And they're like, yeah, she ran off to the control chamber uh, to find the control chamber for the uh, for the, the weapon. Mm-hmm. Nothing bad could come of that. No, oh. no it's fine. That's fine. Fine. Uh, chapter 20. Uh, Vadam and company are taking cover from human gunfire now. And the Oath Warden and Varro Dyer trying to convince them it's okay to just kill the humans now because <laughs> they have broken the pact. Yes. Clearly, this can't be. Uh, v- Vadam is is like, I think this might be an accident. And Raashi, the zealot turncoat, it's like, it probably is an accident. They're probably shooting at camouflage. So uh, Vadam just says, uh, Spartan Vale, are you? It's me, and they're like, "Oh shit!" All it's, right, and then they just like come out from their I'm respective super, covers. I'm super <laughs> glad you called out to us. Like, <laughs> yeah, me too. Damn. So they like, they just they they debrief each other, and they figure out that there's only two zealots left. Um, the World Master Cavaro C, who's in charge, and his sidekick uh, Lacassi. Mm-hmm. Um, which I now saying it out loud kind of sounds like lackey. lackey um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rashi says that they need to keep Kavarasi alive because he's the only one who can work the divine hand. Um, so, so they quickly capture the two remaining zealots and they try to again to explain that the war is over, that the gods don't exist and all that jazz. Yeah. And they come to a detente for the moment and then Keeley opens the door because nobody could get in to the room because Keeley had closed the door behind her. Uh-huh. And there's no handle on the outside. It's only on the inside. 
So Keely opens the door and she's like, is everybody cool with each other now? Because we have a problem. (laughs) I hope we've all made friends again. I hope we've all made friends. We have a problem. She lets everyone in and shows that the fleets are under attack by drone ships. Um, Laxi begins uh, teaching Vidam how to use the controls by removing his helmet and arm bracers. And like the dust and nanomachines start like covering his arms and his head and stuff like that. And uh, basically you control the divine hand by believing. It's it's uh, orc 40K style. Yeah, it's uh, it's red, so it goes faster. Yeah, yeah. If I believe in it hard enough, it will work. Still one of the greatest canon designs of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I love it. Uh, Madame uses it to take down the drone ships and the banished ships that have appeared. And when Keeley points out that there points out the forerunner ship, he attacks that too. And then Lacassi loses it because the forerunners are still gods to him. So he then jumps into the thing and he uses the divine hand to destroy the UNSC ship and the Sanghealy fleet because he was like, yes, I believe you that the the war is over and there are no gods. And then he's like, blasphemer. Chapter 21, Olympia sees the damage that Laxia has wrought, but then notices that there are some condors that had been on her uh, her her ship, the Hidden Point, that are still available. And the condors condors are slip space capable and would be able to carry everyone currently left on the planet back home if she can get in touch with them. Mm-hmm. Um, she also realizes that the only destroyed one uh, Harrier, which is the. Uh, the forerunner ships, and they usually came in pairs. There's usually two, which means that the the other one left. Yeah. And then she does the mental math that we had seen a few chapters earlier uh, from the banished point of view, um, that there's only four hours left. And she puts a countdown timer on her on her heads up display in her, in her helmet. I like love that. Four. She just sets it up for herself. She's like, and four hours. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Keely is collecting more samples of the micro machines from the room. Uh, the Oath, Oath Warden tries to get in her face, but Olympia uh, cuts him off uh, and they all go outside. But then Keely hangs back in the room and steals the energy vacuum condenser thingy from the control room. And when she does this, the power goes out in the facility. Yep. <laughs> of course it does. All the mystical stuff that, that was happening, it's done. Yeah, we're finished. We're, that's over now. <laughs> yeah, you you did you yeah, you're you're three months late on your bill and boom, we're done. Yeah. No more mystical shit for you. Uh, they get into a debate as to what it would take to build the weapon that they saw used. And Keeley points out that no one ever should use the weapon because yep. it destroys the planet it's housed on. Um, Vidam, Vale, and company decide that parts of it should be split. One party, the Sanghealy should take, and which is the power thing, the energy vacuum thing. And the humans should take the micro machine samples and they work together on researching it. Uh, they get uh, Laxi and Kavarasi to swear on their faith that they will let everyone else go. And Vidam ushers everyone out because the banished are coming. He's like, all right, we get, let's just go. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, chapter 22, 
elsewhere, Rosa and Legs are walking through the tunnels and Legs is being pretty wary about Rosa, who seems to be opening the tunnels at will yeah. and is totally healed. Yeah. And Legs is like, I don't understand what is going on here. And Rosa's not giving her any answers because yeah. she's a UNSC dog or whatever. <laughs> I don't and know Legs when you got like, Wolverine healing powers. But you you, you got bullshit. Wolverine healing powers over here. Legs is like, I'm just going to point a fucking gun at you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It gets real weird. I'm on Leg's side. I like I'd be, I'd be like, no, man, you're you're moving fucking sand with your brain. I no, I don't think so. This isn't happening. This is too weird. Yeah, uh, you got to stop being weird. Yeah, <laughs> I just want you to shut up and say something weird. Uh, <laughs> um, there's a lot of tension between them, and they eventually get to the surface and find surface and find Grim Bear and Second Squad. Um, and she's like, all right, welcome back to the war. Dig the fuck in because the banished drop pods are coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, before the banished ship was destroyed, they clearly launched all their drop pods to land on the surface of the planet. Um, chapter 23, we get a point of view chapter from an AI named Sloan. He has seen better days and joined up with Cortana because he thought that she could help him. But so far, she's only halted his deterioration, which causes him to have looping thoughts. Yeah. And I think it's a funny moment in the chapter where like the chapter begins again and he's you're like, wait a minute. And then like a, a sentence later, it's like, oh, I'm. I'm having I love a <laughs> that detail. I love and he does it several times where it's just he's he's looping and he he's talked about it. He starts repeating himself. And then near the end of this, he starts talking to another AI, I think, and, and they say, You're looping, you've told us this three times. And I just it's such yes. a great detail. It it just showing you because you think about it, AI characters, like how how intriguing can a AI character really be like right. how much can you really empathize with something that doesn't live the way we do? And this right. is how this is, this is cause it, this it is has, how you do it. Yeah. It has, it has, um, it has overtures of kind of dementia and, and uh, you know, just losing oneself and sure. it, it's this one little chapter and it's, I, I love this. Part. Yeah. Cause like Sloan was like, Sloan is like, I only joined up with Cortana because I thought she could prevent me from basically dying. Right. And <laughs> like, they're like, okay, so the AIs aren't doing it just because Cortana is an AI. They're doing it because like, there's like personal reasons yeah. for some of them doing they, this. They've absolutely <laughs> got it. Just because they are AI doesn't mean they don't have self-interest. Right. Uh, exactly. And, 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 and and frankly, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, of course, an AI uh, uh, would do it out of self-interest. It's all about logic. They're just robotic right. engineers, really. Right. So, yeah, he he reaches out to this um, this basically dispatcher <laughs> and it's like the dispatcher is like, this is the third time you've called me about <laughs> this. Like you keep saying you have a hunch something is going on at Netherop. We can't send you send a a warship out to Netherop on a hunch. And he's like, OK. And then while he's talking to her, um, the other Harrier arrives and like gives him the report of what's going on. Netherop. He's like, oh, is this this is more than a hunch now. Right. And the dispatcher's yeah, yeah, like, like yes. my hunch is my hunch. Does it still suck? Is that what you're saying? I, I don't know. <laughs> it gets kind of shitty about it. It's fantastic. 
<laughs> the dispatcher's like, okay, fine. Yeah. yeah the, the ship is cut. It's on its way. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so chapter 24, um, I didn't write a ton of notes on this chapter because it was either write a lot of notes or write a little, uh, just like a little bit, mm. but so much happens in chapter 24. It's it, <laughs> so just to like basically break it up like this, they get all to the surface and the banished have them surrounded on all sides. Every every side is like, all right, what are we going to do about this? And they're they're debating. Do we do we dig in? Do we go back into the tunnels to fight them? Do we uh, do we just like like glorious death or whatever? What, uh-huh. what are we doing here? And it kind of they kind of stem back to the discussion that Keeley had brought up, which was nobody should have this weapon. Yeah, it's too deadly to use because the planet that they're on, she's like, this planet used to be lush with forests and now it's like literally hell. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so you, we could, we could have this weapon, but at what cost, what's even the point of having it? We're just going to execute ourselves. It's yeah. Right. It's a exactly. Really cool point. Um, so they come up with a plan because Atriox, the uh, leader of the banished, is coming out to parlay with them. And um, it gets real fucking Ocean's Eleven-y. <laughs> it really does! <laughs> I've got a plan. And this guy's working for me. And there's going to be some underhanded shit that you're not going to know about until it happens. Uh, all right. And all right. he's like, we're going to need a face. We're going to need... <laughs> And a tiny Asian man we can fit in a box. <laughs> and Elliot Gould. Yeah. Somebody get me Elliot Gould. Someone get me Elliot Gould. <laughs> He's already here, sir. Good, good. <laughs> Atriox will kill you. And then I'll go to work on <laughs> then you. Then I'll go to work on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, Elliot Gould, by the way, they're... Uh, we, we just watched the second season of The Lincoln Lawyer. Um, oh, okay. And Elliot Gould plays a character in that um, who was like the associate of the main character's uh, father because uh, his dad was a lawyer. And uh, But it's like, it's just nice having Elliot Gould and things. That guy you know? just, he will always work. I think, I think most work. people are kind of like comforted by an Elliot Gould filled world. Yeah. You know, when he Elliot, appears, Elliot. it's like, this is nice. Yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> this is good. Oh, hi, Elliot. No, it's nice. I get it. I get it. Um, so anyway, uh, Atriox is coming to parlay uh, because they realize that they're not going to, the banished aren't going to fire on them until they know they aren't destroying the weapon or something like that by doing yeah, they, so. They have no, they, they just know it's there. They're coming in otherwise completely blind. They have no idea what's going on. Right. Yeah. Um, so they're coming to parlay and they realize, all right, nobody should have the weapon. So let's have the, let's let the banished have it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> and then they're like, no, wait, it's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> because, a, they're never going to figure out how to build it 
even if, with all the reverse engineering in the world, it's going to take them forever to even build the the room and all that stuff to, to the exact specifications needed uh, in order to fire the weapon. Yeah. So, like, what what do we lose by just making? And then um, Vadam's like, "But wait a minute, we got to make it seem like Atriox got one over on us. We can't yeah. just give it to him. We have to make it seem like." He 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 wants through some sort of like trick or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they accomplish this by like they don't even let the uh, Troy didn't even let the audience totally in on what was going to happen as no. part of the plan. Yeah. Until it unfolds. Um, so like and, and that's why I say it's very Ocean's Eleven, because you don't you don't know all the parts of the plan as it as it's going. Right. Um, like Danny Ocean, you you didn't realize that he was supposed to get arrested. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so what happens is they give the energy condenser to um, what's her name the um, his, the uh, the female Kaidon. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Varodai. He's like he's like here's the energy condenser. Give this to your most trusted ranger. And you guys stay in the entrance to the to the tunnels and make it seem like we have a larger force ready to spill out and uh, keep an eye on the Oath Warden. And so they're going to parlay with Atriox and they start this parlay scene. And it's it's uh, Vidam and uh, Olympia and Keeley. And then that's when Keeley recognizes on the other side, uh, Salju, the... Um, the Sangheili uh, study master, who was the one that hired her originally. Um, so the things are going and it's, you know, tense or whatever. And then there's this moment where uh, Rosa uh, thro- gets like she lo- she's like, ah, you can't just blah, blah, blah. And then she throws the bags of the nanomachines at Atriox and it just like hits him in the chest and he looks down and they're like, oh, this is the this is it, right? This is the 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 weapon. And and um Vadam does his best job of trying to fake like he's disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. That he <laughs> wasn't he wasn't in on this whole thing. Yeah. He's like, what 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 are you doing? What did you do? And we're like, oh well, you have it now, Atriox. Oh and, well. And Atriox Dang. is like is like bah, ha, ha, ha. and then <laughs> to put the cherry on the top, the oath warden runs out and they turn around and they see that Varodai and the Rangers are like are like down are like knocked out on the ground. <laughs> And the Oath Warden runs out. He gives them the sphere, the energy condenser. And they're like, ha, you were trying to pull one over on me, um, uh, uh, Vadam. But I, Atriox, have pulled one over on you. Ha ha. And Vadam's like, darn. Ah, man. Well, boy, you. Yeah. So. So uh, the banished are like, good luck getting off the planet, suckers. And (laughs) like they have the weapon and they like fucking leave. And so like and somehow they pulled it off like everybody wins. Like even the Oath Warden gets his contract fulfilled. Right. (laughs) 
It's so weird. It's like, oh, we all got what we wanted. Everything's fine. We all got what we wanted, except Aww. for everybody who died. Yeah, well, yes, I mean, and and presumably some of them, that is what they wanted in the end. So, you know, they're, they're probably. I mean, yeah. A few of them, probably. You know, a few of were, them. They were thinking it the, over. There's a, what was it, 400 ODSTs? Uh, yeah. So one or two of them was ready to snuff it. So. <laughs> awful <laughs> statistically speaking Statistic, uh, yeah yeah just i'm not i'm not supporting or or poo-pooing and i'm just saying it didn't math just it's saying math. it's math uh, math is math and books are bread um, <laughs> never forget never forget never never forgets <laughs> math is math and books are bread books um are so yeah that's like the long and short of the chapter, and uh, they, <laughs> uh, they're like, um, and Keeley's like, uh, well, who's gonna, you know, has a confrontation with Vale about like the O and I and all that stuff, and then Olympia's like, Keeley, what do you, what do you have in your, your, your bag there? And it's like two jars of the nano machines or whatever, yeah, that yeah. she was trying to steal, and she's like. Uh, <laughs> it worked out. It worked out. It worked out. Everyone yeah. back off. <laughs> Everyone back off. Just let me have this. Let me yeah. have this. God damn it. God, God, it's fine. Um. So yeah, that's. Did I miss anything? I think that's everything. That I was. I mean, I was mostly. It, yeah. It, they literally the chapter. I mean, like, yeah. It. It. It's, it is it, the longest chapter it's in such a the long last chapter. part of this book. Yeah. And all I hear is, uh, is is like a little less conversation yeah, <laughs> looping in my head as this is, as it's happening. They were literally counting the paces of how far Atriox and his retinue was from them. They're like, all right, he's 60 paces away. Now he's 50. Now he's 40. It was, it was a countdown of how quickly he was walking towards them. It was, it was truly surreal. I loved it. Um, so, um, chapter 25 is short, but probably one of my favorite chapters in the book because of how dark and chilling it is. Mm -hmm. So they're in the tell. Uh, Kavarasi and Lacassi are in the tell. So Kavarasi hasn't been able to talk since he got part of his, like, just imagine he's, he's like if a person got their jaw ripped off. Yeah, that's Kavarasi right now. He can't he can't talk. Laxi is like just they're just hiding down there in their citadel. Their lights are their little lamps that they got are starting to fail. There's no lights on. He's like and Laxi's like, I'm going to go check the hydroponics farm. And he gets there. All the food is already rotting. Yeah. And the water has turned sulfuric. And he had and he had been literally telling the other one, we haven't been abandoned. The gods haven't abandoned us. And he gets there and he goes, the gods have abandoned us. Oh, the gods sure. have abandoned us. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> over. Fucked. But it's just like this really, really dark chapter. Like, yeah. yeah. Literally and metaphorically. And basically, uh, Laxi, who has been serving this man, Kavarasi, for his entire life, he just like gets some water and uh brings it back to him and is like you know the lamps go out and 
the chapter ends with it saying something like Laxie does his final duty. Yeah. He, and ignites, he ignites his, his energy sword, his energy sword. Yep. And I he's just like, I guess, putting Kavarasi out of his misery because mm-hmm. um, he, he was just, you know, bleeding a lot and all that stuff. But it yeah. was like I was like, damn. Yeah, it's it's some <laughs> cold blooded shit. <laughs> It's really cool. Like, you're right. It was super cold-blooded. Yeah. Yeah. They really got the worst of it. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, they got fucked. Like, 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 and, and, and that's, I mean, you could argue that's what they deserve. Sure. Fine. Good. But man, that's brutal. Like that's that they should have, they should have prayed to get taken out like in a fight or something like that. Cause that's awful. That's just awful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's basically like. There, that is the end of the thing. Yeah. It's this chapter is like the end of the thing. Yeah. And, you know, everything is destroyed. There's no hope left. They're just sitting there, you know. Um, and it's like, I guess we're just going to wait a little bit. I, yeah, I guess we'll just <laughs> wait and see. Just wait and see. Like, okay, great. Great. Yeah. And uh, then the, the, the score comes in. Little, Bum, bum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it. It's fucking bum, crazy. Bum. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I I can see why that. Yeah, that 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 it that absolutely sticks with you. That is a truly just ooh kind of scene. It's fantastic. Um, chapter twenty six. Um, the the main crux of this chapter is. Uh, it's Petrov and Fuertes are kind of, are the main characters in this chapter. Yeah. Um, basically, um, Petrov is sitting there and she's like, I want to kill this guy. Uh, Brashi, like, who is just like this fat, you know, Sanghealy dude who turned as soon as it seemed convenient, was like, yep, I'm on, I'm on the UNSC side now. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's like he's like man spreading across like five chairs <laughs> <laughs> and sleeping and oh. and Petrov's like I want to I want to fucking kill him. <laughs> yep. Which I think we've all been there. I think we all get that. Yeah. We, yeah. Well, we all get it. And for instance, it's like it's not worth it. Yeah. And they finally close the circle on what happened between them all those years ago and we find out that uh, Petrov had told um, a Master Chief, basically, we have this, and I don't know what the alien in the blue armor or whatever was supposed to be. That They're like, we got to transport this body back. Mm. Um, and we're not going to have enough room for the body and my soldiers and, uh, and uh, Fuertes' family. And Fuertes, like, basically... Uh, sabotage Petrov's sand runner so that they missed the rendezvous yeah. and her family was able to take the ship and leave. She's um, responsible for her being marooned there for 30 plus years. And yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of, Ooh. but like, it, it's like, it's one of those, like they have to forgive each other moments yeah. because Petrov was the one who was saying, leave Fuertes behind. Right. Right. And she would have done the same to her. She got yeah, the she's like, so, yeah. Um, and then Petrov is like, answers the question that we weren't you're like, you know, all the kids aren't mine, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> for the record. For the for record. The record. <laughs> Those aren't all my kids. <laughs> I just like that's answered at the very end. I love after it. we were like, hmm. <laughs> I love it. I love this this scene because at this point she tells her, she's like, you know, hey, well, she says, well, they're more now that they, they basically come to grips with the ideas like, well, now they are your family and now you're going to have to get them acclimated to this world. And you really are going, they, they're not just soldiers anymore. You have to treat them like actual family and help them uh, because you know, this world uh, and they don't. And, uh, and, and she talks about, and there was this just, it's just this kind of like implication of them living together and figuring it out. And my brain immediately went to this full house style halo show where it's yeah. like after everything went you know, it's like now we're now we're trying to get along in a weird and wacky world. You know, just it's yeah. And then it's like too many Petrovs. Um, <laughs> and then it's like it's like special guest on this Christmas episode. Horvath retells the story, <laughs> the story of, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus of our Christ. Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As days go by. Just. <laughs> Was that Full House or was that uh, yeah. Family Matters? I, oh, fuck. I don't know now. Now that you say that. <laughs> it's the but bigger love bump. of the family. The family. <laughs> God damn it. Hold on. <laughs> now I have to find out. I I had Full House in my head, but you said you said um, you had you said Family Matters. It's a like, rare oh, condition shit. this day and age. To read any good news in the newspaper oh, page. Oh, no, no, it's, it's fa Family Matters. Family Matters. because Family uh, Matters. Uh, full House is whatever happened to predictability. Ability. Yeah. The Milkman, the Paperboy, Evening TV. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> very similar songs. Wow, I never thought about that. It's Those probably are... written by the same guy. Probably, yeah. yeah. He's, <laughs> and he's still doing blow in a basement somewhere. Like, that's how well he did. So. And that man was Jim Steinman. Um. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Are you listening, Tim? Are you uh, listening, Tim? That was, that was just for you. That's for you, buddy. Oh, my God. So, yeah, and then, uh, like, Fuertes is like, you know, you got to love your family and you got to guide them through it. And she she has this real grim, like, some of them aren't going to make it. Yeah. And I was like, damn. Yeah, she straight up <laughs> says, like, look, a lot of them aren't going to make it. And, like, well, what do I do? Uh, well, you you hang on to you the ones who do. <laughs> you, you, you love them all and you hang on to the ones who do make it. And yeah. I was like. Okay, it's one like survivor shit. lady to another. <laughs> right, right. Just a reminder, this is a grim-ass future we're talking about here. Jesus. And that's how the book ends. Yeah, that's how it ends. Is <laughs> this conversation between these two hard-as-nails women who have survived on the most inhospitable planet. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I love it. It's absolutely insane. I love it. Yeah. So, Phil, uh, that's the end of the book. Oh. Uh, what do you think? I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I think uh, it had. It's easy for us to 
compare it to uh, Kelly Gay's uh, book that we most recently read. And and I think it's fair because they, they have a lot in common in terms of that modern feel to them. And they're both standalone adventures within this universe. But I think right. the other thing they do is they, they show what modern um, genre adaptation like this does very, very well uh, as it evolves. And I think... I remember when we got contacted about doing Rubicon Protocol, and I and I thought it was very cool. And and this to to remind everyone this this was a this was a uh, complimentary advanced copy right. of this book that we received. Um, and, and and that's awesome, and that's really cool. That validation is really cool. But I did have some misgivings in the sense of like, man, we're reading these Halo books chronologically. Um, is this going to throw off our rhythm and everything like that? Right. Um, but I think there's a, I think it's actually very advantageous because in a span of what 20 years, something like that that they've been writing these books, the difference and the evolution um, is so obvious and they both do something very well. Uh, but when you get into these later more modern books, you have to increase um, the drama and and it has to become more yeah. complex and we talked about that before where there was this kind of nom kind of feel to uh, Rubicon protocol. And with this, that, that oh, I'll never forget that opening chapter, the opening chapter of this book, I think it was worth the price of admission. It was so tense. It had that political oh, thriller yeah. sense to it. Where like, he was stopped by the cops basically. Yes. yes. Like it was, yeah, it was a, it was a fucking, uh, you know, barricade and like, yeah, it was it, like really, really cool. And not what I'd expect out of halo, but it really, really works. Um, so I think it's so cool. And I'm, and, and what's funny about that is I'm now really looking forward to going back to the fourth book in the Halo series, which will be the next one we'll do sometime next year. Um, and it, and going back and forth like that kind of provides a real window into adaptation, which is what we talk about so much here. Yeah, adaptation and how those adaptations have evolved. Yes, absolutely. Through but, the years, but on a very uh, on a very basic level, I really liked this book. This is a great book. Uh, yeah. If you like Halo, go out and pick it up. And once again, so everyone knows, we we may walk through these books. We 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 summarize them and everything like that. But there is shit that we can't cover. There's all kinds of stuff that we can't get into. There's here. nitty and, gritty details that are worth. Oh, absorbing on your own i would say yeah. still yeah and Troy Denning you... is a hell of a writer uh so good so, yeah absolutely worth picking up i really enjoyed yeah. it you yeah. kevin any thoughts oh no i love the book the only so and it, the, my criticisms from last from episode two basically remain for episode three because it, the banished point of view we don't yeah. really we don't ever go back to the banished point of view in the last third of the book and that's fine um, yeah, I was and it's something, too. and I was I was thinking about it, like I didn't really want their point of view to begin with, um, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, it, it wasn't necessary. I especially agree. when a lot of the other characters ended up communicating similar points, especially the stuff about the Harriers and things like that. Yeah, um, we could have everything we got from them. We could have, yeah, we yeah. didn't need. Uh, yeah. They could have just showed up at the end, um, and it would. I, I don't. I don't feel like we would have been missing anything. I don't think so either. Um, That's that would be my only note for the book. Otherwise, really, really good. Um, I the only thing I would get lost in sometimes were the descriptions of just my my mental image of where they were inside Mm. of 
the tell and the citadel. Yeah. Like sometimes the geography, it was tough to thoroughly explain what was going on. But yeah, yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah. Uh, from beginning to end, in terms of tension, pacing, character dynamics, um, I I liked all of it. It was yeah. a it was a real really strong book, um, especially the character dynamics. I would have liked a little bit more, just like a touch more. I would have gotten rid of those those banished chapters for a little bit more Rosa. Oh yeah, I I would have got I would have really enjoyed more Rosa. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, give Rosa a little bit more weight. Yes, um, yes. and I would have liked um, a little bit more between Keeley and Olympia. Maybe just at the end, just kind of like a a little wrap up of yeah. of like who they are to each other. Yeah. Um, because uh, but. Other than that, um, yeah, I, I loved it. And chapter twenty-five is is that short, short Ooh. chapter about the basically the ending of it's the ending of the thing in chapter twenty-five. It's Leak. it's gonna stick with me. Leak. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, uh, thanks to uh, Gallery Books and Simon Schuster for uh, sending us. Uh, copies of this book to cover. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it, this is this is our the second time they've sent us something, and and uh, they're just damn good books. So hell yeah, yeah. please hell please. yeah, keep them coming, keep them coming. Uh, Phil, with all that being said, yes. with Halo Outcasts done and in the marsh, I have one question to ask you. Please ask. What are you playing? Oh, okay. Um, well, first and foremost, I beat. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Okay. I went ahead and beat that. Really enjoyed that. Uh, a nice, satisfying game. Uh, enjoyed the story. Enjoyed the combat. Enjoyed the Tomb Raider-esque-ness of it. Uh, I don't see myself going back and 100%ing any of these planets. I got what sure. I wanted out of it. I got it dirt cheap on a sale. Like, Why uh, not? It was like it was like five bucks or something, guys. It, it, put this on your wish list, and if it and if it shows up for like even ten dollars, buy it. It's worth it. It was it was yeah. it was a very enjoyable time. Um, I I did go through a couple of days there where I went back to uh, Vampire Survivors to their DLC, uh, the newest oh. DLC, and I, I I unlocked some characters, uh, uh, evolved some weapons, and uh, and uh, it was I, I just I got, I kind of dunked my head back in that for a little while and it was it was time well spent it was really good it's, it's still vampire survivors it's still vampire survivors and uh and i i enjoyed it so uh, i i i i still haven't gotten back up to 100 percenting on the achievements I know. That, that was that was a game where i was real bummed out about oh, the, the, the when they kept adding more achievements and like yeah, oh, there was no man. way they weren't going to but i was really yeah. proud of 100 percenting that one uh for as long as i did yeah. Um, but it was it was that, that was nice and uh, played a little game called uh, Baldur's Gate three. Oh, um, I've never heard of this game. Neither have I. Let me. Holy uh, shit! They've added fifty achievements. Yeah. Since I hundred yeah, percent yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it's it two was, pieces of DLC. So it was it was at it was hundred and forty achievements when I hundred percented it, and now it's hundred and ninety. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I think I'm at hundred and sixty some odd. So yeah. 
Anyway, uh, uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, four of my friends game. are playing it right now, and nine of my friends have recently played it. Uh, so uh, apparently you guys have all played this game. Uh, it's... All right. I want to explain something. Uh, <laughs> anytime, yeah. anytime Kevin has, has mentioned Baldur's Gate 3... Uh, to me on this show. Y'all have may have noticed that I reacted with sounds of despair. Uh, <laughs> and not sounds of excitement that you would expect from an old school pen and paper D&D geek like myself. Uh, the reason I reacted that way is uh, I played Baldur's Gate 1, Baldur's Gate 2, Icewind Dale. I've played all of those games. I maxed them out. I, I, I just obliterated them and lost so much time of my life to those games, much in the same way uh, that civilization has stolen life from me, uh, uh, that Vanished has stolen life from me. XCOM. Uh, XCOM, and now Aliens Dark Descent. Uh, these games wick away my 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 God-given life-sustaining <laughs> moisture, and it's my 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 precious bodily fluids. And yeah. and I just and I just and it's not and it wasn't. I didn't despair because I thought this would not be good. I despaired for the exact opposite. I said they are going they have been working on this. They have been this is they took their time with this game and uh, <laughs> it is going to obliterate my life. And I was right, Kevin, I was right. And I just I just <laughs> All I do now is I work from home and play this game, and I'm so glad I don't have an office job right now. I told you yeah. this earlier. I'm so glad I don't have an office job, a nine to five, that I have to go into work and daydream about motherfucking Baldur's Gate 3 and my super hot girlfriend, uh, the, the hellbound tiefling with an infernal engine for a heart who is my metal girlfriend. Uh, uh, and I just, uh, I love it. I love it so fucking much. Um, yeah. Has your wife, uh, signed off on, 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 uh, Carlac yet? Have you, have you? Not yet, but she helped me pick a penis out. Okay. That's uh, good. That's good yeah, wife right there. I, I did. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, when you, you character creation, uh, you can pick out your genitals and, uh, and I, and I, she was out, she was, she was, uh, watching something and I, and I interrupted her. Uh, and said, "You have to help me pick out my penis." I offered no context, and uh, and she and, and she went okay, and she followed me into my office because she she knows me, and uh, we went with default. We went with default uh, sure. because, as you pointed out, I'm a dwarf rogue, and a, a dwarf, a circumcised dwarf doesn't make it doesn't. Add yeah, up. it's not. It doesn't work for you. Yeah. No. No, it doesn't make sense. Uh, so default looked the best. Uh, also fuzzy. It, you can't. He wouldn't shave. That's ridiculous. Uh, if they had had braided pubic hair, I would have gone with that. Uh, <laughs> I have to wait for the uh, DLC on that one. I'm but, sure there'll that'll be a DLC. Yeah, that's got to be. Uh, uh, but yeah. Kevin, you know the thing I found in playing this game is that um, I am a terrible hero. Sure. Uh, this is the, this is the I I play rogues. I like doing the persuasion shit. Uh, I go for all of that, and I have had some success in that. But um, I pointed out to Kevin before we started uh, early on in the game. There's a goblin camp that you can kind of sneak around and you can be a part of, and, and there are all kinds of options. It's it's infinite options, and uh, and I ended up. Uh, uh, 
killing a few people in there, setting off a few alarms, and um, pro tip, uh, when you're not in combat, when you're not in danger, you can pull up the map and uh, click on one of the quick, uh, what do you call them? Yeah, um, the fast travel sigils. The fast travels, you know, you can just, and just boop, get out of there. Um, I killed my way out of that goblin camp so much blood. We, I, so much blood was probably there spilled. There is not a single living organism in there. I killed bacteria while I was in there. I murdered. This is the most murder hobo campaign I have ever played for myself. And it's so there ridiculous. were goblins in that camp. There um, were. <laughs> there were. There, there were. were hobgoblins. Yeah. Uh, a few drow. A few drow, bugbear. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is a, uh, troll. I think yep. there's a, oh, there's like an ogre, like an ogre, uh, ogre. Yeah. There's yeah, an ogre in there. Ogre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, a lot uh, of wargs, handful of wargs. Um, they're all dead. Wargs. Yeah. They're all dead. They're all, they're all dead. <laughs> Halted, and I did, and it's not even, and it's not even just my uh, sloppiness sometimes, and like inability to pay attention. Um, uh, although I guess this kind of counts. There's this one. I, I I went up to. I found this windmill that had a gnome uh, oh strapped to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these goblins gonna... are torturing him. And uh, and I I I properly used my persuasion uh, slash intimidation skills as the character I rolled would. I'm playing a Drogger uh, 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 rogue, dark dwarf rogue, which is super fun. And uh, but he's also a, he's a smooth talker, you see. And so he convinces them to leave. Scatter, get out of here. Scatter, goblins. get out of here. You don't. Yeah. I, and I'm like, I'm gonna find out what that gnome has to say. And I went to the back of the windmill, and there were two levers. And if I had taken five extra seconds to hover over one or lever or the other, I would have found out what they both did. And I just clicked on the first one I saw because yeah. I'm riddled well, with ADHD. So, so <laughs> Phil, there's two levers. There's two levers. Uh, one says break. The other says break release. So you clicked on the one that says what? Break release. (laughs) And what happens to the windmill's blades when you hit break release? It launched this no (laughs) into into infinity. I thought maybe at some point, I literally, I've uncovered almost all of that section of the map. I walked all over it. I totally thought it was like, I'm going to find this corpse somewhere. He does not exist as far as I can tell. And the thing is, and the thing is, so many things I'll save scum and I'll be like, oh, I got to get, I don't, don't want to do that. And that's, and that, and it, 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 sure. it's, it's going to add a solid 20 hours to my game. But, but I do reach certain things like that where I'm just like, eh, we're just going to keep going. <laughs> it's like, this is a real character moment for me. Yeah, this is, this is because, and, and that's what's become headcanon for my character. I've named him Torvald and, uh, and he's a Dwarger rogue. And so he's like dark dwarf who escaped the underdark. And so my sure. headcanon is he's trying to be so a hero. Hard. He's trying he's, so hard to be a hero, but he's just terrible at it. He's just he, terrible at it. Yeah. He, if he got some, like he found, he was in the underdark and he found like a book of the, um, 
uh, there was there was like adventures of the yeah. like the Harpers or something. Yeah, he, yeah. He like re- he was like reading about the Harpers, and he's like, I'm gonna be a hero. Yeah, yeah. And he just and he's just and he's just there's there, there are a lot of training <laughs> wheels. Let's put it that way. And so, Kevin, uh, what game what games have you played, and why are they all Baldur's Gate three? It's Baldur's Gate three. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about your experience with it. Oh, I am having so much fun with Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. So it's funny is I actually did the same thing you did in early access. Oh, with the uh, with the, <laughs> the that, that gnome <laughs> launching that gnome across the map is probably the the thing in video games that has made me laugh the hardest I, when I saw that cutscene play out because you see the windmill blades go faster and faster yeah. and faster and faster <laughs> and then it's just boom yeah. <laughs> just gone and I was just like well that, that happens yeah yeah <laughs> and then I like I looked at the the the, the switches again and be like I was like. Cause and that's the thing is I looked I looked at the switches I was like break release well that means it releases the brake so the brake can now stop it right well the I other did one just the fucking exact same thing the other I one did. just says break yes. the other one just says break I, I did the exact same I went yeah brake release of course release the brake so it stops right like I just because the, the brake is being held by something and right. you wanted that right. to let. Like, no, if you just read more. Yeah, yeah. Watch him <laughs> sail away, and I look at the other one, and it just, just says break, and I go, oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm playing a warlock, um, half-elf warlock, who is, uh, you know, just eldritch blasting her way to, to fun and profit, you know? I think that's, yeah. <laughs> Um, it's 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 what I love is finding the little ways to like game the systems and it's not necessarily gaming the systems it's like just it's just using all the darn systems that they put into this game yeah like and sometimes you'll watch the computer do it and you're like oh I didn't even think of that like this like a stupid spell like grease you're like grease what am I doing with that and then it's like oh uh, Gale can cast Grease and then Shadowheart can use like on the next turn can use uh, the flame like shoot a flame bolt at yep. it and light the whole goddamn thing on fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole first section to me is like uh, a primer on why you need to be throwing more grenades around. Uh, <laughs> it's great. It, I've only uh, everything I've accomplished so far is thanks to, to Alchemist's Fire. Uh, uh, yeah, I, would, I give I give my MVP to uh, Cloud of Daggers. Oh, um, Cloud of Daggers is nasty. <laughs> yep. I, 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 there have been a lot of collateral damage for me with uh, Cloud of Daggers. I, you know, I, I've, I've, uh, so I'm in this one area now, and I'm a bit, of, I'm a bit farther ahead than Phil is, but there's, it's basically an area where there's these uh, Harpers, and I'm like. They're being attacked by these these monsters, and I'm like, all right, you know, we're gonna save the Harpers. Uh, didn't save the Harpers. No. Uh, so I, first time I did the battle, I saved one of them, and the one that survives is like, all right, hey, I know a safe spot nearby. Follow me. Um, and then I I wasn't paying attention. I didn't see where he went. And then, 
I ran into a level nine shambling mound and it. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. So I reloaded and I was like, all right, well, it's right before the Harper battle. Maybe I'll save more of them. Save none of them. <laughs> and if you what, guess what? When you save none of them, you don't even have that that little pro tip from the Harpers where it's like, <laughs> I know somewhere safe nearby. It's like God. I just got dead bodies everywhere. <laughs> 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 but it's something I need. I've noticed is that like they they had to have recorded that line, like that line with every single character, like Harper character in that scene, because there's any number of permutations. Mm -hmm. So like you could save any one, end up saving all of them or just one of them. And yeah. one of them has to say, oh yeah, I know where someone's something safe. So that's, that's the amazing thing about Baldur's Gate 3 is like the depth to which they thought about a lot of this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like they went through, they they had these, they took these lines of these stories and the micro stories that you're going through. And that's, that's all a, a good D&D campaign is, is just it's a lot great. of, it's a lot of teeny stories like strung together in service of an overall story with a big, bad, evil guy at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, just like my little encounter with the Harpers, like you hit that point mm -hmm. and there is like. All right. Well, if you're playing that, like kind of a villainous character, you can just fucking fight them. Yeah. You just <laughs> right then and there. They don't do alignment. You can, you can play however you want to play. It doesn't play, matter. play how you want, yeah. unless you're Dark Urge, and then you gotta. So the Dark Urge is something yeah. I'm going to play through on the next go around, just because I want to give that a look. <laughs> Which is basically like, say you want to play as a serial killer. Well, we've gamified that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's just it. Uh, all of the different, there's so many. Uh, it made me think of uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, where um, you could play the game. It's it's famous for being, you know, just a, a, a incredibly forward thinking RPG in the sense that, uh, like a lot of immersive sims, you can you can play any number of ways. Um, but there are a couple of options, for example, the Malkavian clans and the Nosferatu clans, where they're basically completely new games. Uh, everyone treats you differently that way, and this is like that. It's it's amazing how much they've much time and thought they've put into the different options. And they're little things. Like, again, I play a Dwarger, which is a, uh, a dark dwarf, which is not as sexy as, like, the Drow or anything like that. So I have to believe that I'm part of, like, a 0.01% of players playing him, and I keep running into things where people point out, "Oh, you're a, you're a dwarger," you know, or or, or like I get uh, dialogue options yeah. based on that, and that's really neat, and it gets you to thinking, like, right. what other little things are there for the different races and classes? Exactly. And There's a moment where someone tries to give you a potion that is going to knock you out. Yeah, and. Um, because my character is half elf, uh, she's immune to it. And that just pisses the person off and they attack you. Yeah. Because it's like, um, because they're like, oh, well, now we gotta do this the hard way. Right, um, right, because they, they didn't wanna actually help, it turns They out. didn't actually wanna help, it turns yeah. out. Uh, if anyone in the game has, uh, is like, oh, I know exactly how to help you, they don't. They don't. If they the person's don't. like, I have no idea, but I'm going to try. 
they're usually they those people have the best interests in, in, in at at hands the ones who are like straight up i have no idea um there's an old lady named auntie ethel oh, yeah. um yeah who is a she's quite an interesting character uh i, like I don't I, I, how far along did through auntie ethel's story did you progress i got nowhere i got like i i found i found her the first time i found her in her cottage and then she fucking disappeared like she just went away i never found her again oh okay yeah she yeah. she 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 vanished yeah like and, in front and, of you yeah 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 we were in combat for about oh, okay. a round and she went invisible and no oh, i'll tell you you know after the episode i'll tell you how to find her okay cool cool yeah yeah um but it's enough blathering about we've talked about for Baldur's gate 3 for nearly 20 minutes uh, <laughs> what, a, what a shock <laughs> just go and go and get it if just, or, yeah. or wait a little bit for when it's on sale but it, because it's a lot of fun or give larian's other game games a shot uh divinity yep. uh and divinity original sin 2 um because uh, to me you know larian has been uh, doing pretty good work for a while oh, now. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. Amazing um, that'll do it for tonight's episode. Phil, before we go, mm -hmm. uh, where should people look for us on the internet? Oh, I'd highly recommend checking out patreon.com slash pixelitpod. Uh, that's a place where you can find a community there. If you'd like to throw a few shekels our way, join one of the paying tiers, you're more than welcome to. And we have bonuses based on those different tiers, including a series of Legend of Zelda uh, videos we've been doing that are is just for those Patreons. And by that time, actually, we'll have gotten into our Games of the Year 1997 list. Uh, which has been super fun setting up. So uh, check that out. Or if you don't want to throw us any money, you, there is a free tier and you can just join and be a part of the community. We love seeing you there. So uh, just check it out. See if it's right for you. Patreon.com slash pod. Do it today. Do it today. Uh, meanwhile, find us on the internet uh, at pixelitpod um, on Instagram. Uh, you can find us at pixelitpod.com, which is... Uh, you know, might be confusing, but uh, go to go to Blue Sky and search up uh, at pixelitpod.com and you'll find us there. Um, you can also go to our website, regularpixelitpod.com, and you can uh, from our website, you can sign up for our mailing list, join our discord, all that fun stuff. If you have a moment, go ahead, rate us five stars or give us a thumbs up on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, it really helps us out when it's cool. when uh, when people are looking for us. Uh, and you know what? The best way to help is share. Share an episode with friends, with family, uh, all the uh, all that good stuff. Share it with your favorite druid who is wild shaped as a bear. You know. I think you know what we're talking about. I think I know. Yeah. Um, that'll do it for tonight's episode. Have a good night, everybody. Good night.